Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to episode 15 of From the Den Podcast, baby. We are doing the Chicago Bears secondary, a review of the Chicago Bears Secondary, Oren, you can get right into it. You got if you got anything else to add, or just give us the first question. No, oh, so Eddie Jackson in 2018 broke out, had six interceptions, made the All Pro team, but in 2019 it seemed like he disappeared. What do you blame for that? Do you blame Do you blame him playing more strong safety? Do you blame Akeem Hicks getting hurt? Do you blame Cleo Max regression? Do you blame Hawkland and Dix? Well, yeah, yeah, I get it. There's a lot of things that you could blame, but I think I can take it. Um, so what basically what's the reason for his decline? You'd say in 2019. Uh, I yeah I think one of the reasons you mentioned I think that the main reason would be because he went to playing um, strong safety when he played free safety in 2018. Right, it was that way around, right? Yeah. Um, when he's used to playing one position, free safety, you saw how well he performed, and it made made sense that they had to switch him to uh, free safety. And I think that that's actually I don't know if we talked about that in you know, our first episode about why the Bears declined. But although there are, of course, much worse underlying issues with the Bears' offense, Eddie Jackson not being able to play his best and his decline led to the defensive decline, which meant that the Bears in general played worse. So I think that him not being able to play in the position that he was accustomed to was the key factor in his uh, him having less success in 2019. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I do believe that many factors went into it. He's declined so greatly. He had two interceptions. One of them was an interception against the Lions Thanksgiving game, but that was just because Matthew Stafford threw it up at the last second hoping for a touchdown. And the second one was Week 17 against the Vikings where they just threw it up to try to get a touchdown. Yeah, so he really didn't have any. Genuine interceptions. While in 2018, he had six interceptions and was the debatably the best safety in the NFL. Such a yeah. dominant. Player. Yeah, there for defensive player of the year, at least among yeah. Bears fans. Yeah, so there are multiple reasons. Like Benjamin said, putting for strong, putting him at strong safety and all of that. But I genuinely believe that the biggest reason that he his lack of production was because of Akeem Hicks. And like I said, everything goes back around to Akeem Hicks on this defense. This defense could have been ridiculous last year. And I think that the Bears season would have been completely different if not for that injury of Akeem Hicks. That Akeemik's injury changed the whole season for the Bears. Yeah, and it's really not talked about by other Bears analysts or anything like that, or other NFL analysts. I think it's overshadowed, but his injury really did have a ripple effect on the entire defense, not only on the defensive line and linebackers, but, I mean, you just think that because Akeem Hicks wasn't able to put pressure, they had longer time him deliver a good throw is that what your reasoning is yeah, my reasoning is that everything especially in defense it's if one person is successful that leads to another person being able to be successful it's if one person does good then that helps another person and they're not saying like akeem hicks directly correlates to eddie jackson and not right, well, just like good like you can't have an interception without good pass pressure or, or you can't have yeah, unless the quarterback makes a terrible throw but in the nfl the quarterbacks are so talented, there has to be something wrong with the play in order to get an interception. Like mm-hmm. It's such a rare occasion that things have to go pretty poorly for an interception to occur. And or just I think that, have a bad quarterback. I mean, yeah, but like still. 
But um, I think that having like Akeem Hicks back will be very, very, very important for Eddie Jackson to step up his game. Also, he needs to be put in the right positions. And also, like, Hockland Dix got out into Sean Gibson and now their safety. He plays more of a strong safety role. And even though he can play both, I think that Eddie Jackson will play less of a strong safety role this year. That's good news for Bears fans, or hopefully good news, because Eddie Jackson is more comfortable in his free safety role. Uh, on to what I would call the second best, or maybe even the best player on the Bears secondary, Kyle Fuller. Both of them actually declined in 2019. So um, not really about his decline, but what do you think his ceiling is in 2019? Because unlike Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson had one great season in 2018. So while I do think he's a great player, you know, there's some, I think there's a greater risk that Jackson falls off than Kyle Fuller, just because Kyle Fuller has been more consistently good. So what do you think Fuller's ceiling is, meaning the lowest possible that he can perform? Or Sorry, sorry. Uh, his floor is the lowest possible. So what do you think his floor is? the lowest possible that he can form? And what is his ceiling? Like, what's the, how many uh, interceptions would you, it's like the highest possible. And also, what do you just expect him? How do you expect him to produce? So honestly, for him, I feel like the type of player was more consistent. Obviously, he dropped off last year. He went from seven interceptions to three, but it was very different because his three interceptions were three genuine interceptions. And he did still play very good defense. I would say he was one of the brighter spots on their defense. And I feel like, in general, Kyle Fuller the past three years has been a very consistent part of this defense. And I think that my ceiling for him is like what he did in 2018, seven interceptions, a dominant cornerback. But in reality, that's not my, my real, what I really think he'll do. And my floor is pretty much what he did last year. He had three interceptions, and it wasn't as good. Yeah, I think he'll, still, It's not like he was a terrible cornerback last year at all. He was exactly. Still- but he's the type of player that I feel like he's very good but at the same time, his ceiling is like his ceiling isn't higher than what it's ever been, and his floor isn't lower than anything that it's ever been. So you I think, think that, he's going to be like as he as he's always been. Nothing's going to change this year. I don't think that much is going to change with him. I think that he'll have four to five interceptions because obviously the defense will be better, and everything else will go around from that. I think he'll still be a great cornerback. We'll still play very well. Okay. Um. Now, the Bears actually do not have a lot of depth in the cornerback position. They do have the great Kyle Fuller, as we just discussed. But aside from that, there is kind of a gap since they lost Prince of Mukamara, which could affect the defense this year. But who do you anticipate will win that second quarterback role? Uh, some of the options could be Kevin Tolliver, Trey Roberson, Artie Burns, or even the rookie that they drafted second round this year that both of us are pretty high on, Jalen Johnson. So just for the sake of it, I'm going to go over why each person could win. Okay. Kevin, Kevin Tolliver is a player who is undrafted out of LSU. Last year when Prince of Mukamara was hurt, he came in and he played pretty well. He, hey, did, I had, he, did he come in as like the number two? Yeah. Number basically two. when he was hurt? Yeah, he came so in. I against think that's the main reason, yeah, why he would start. And in sorry the, to interrupt he, you, but. He's proven himself. But yet it's, he's only proven himself over a two-game span. But still, that's still something that if you have Kevin Tolliver, that's a good thing that you've had someone prove yourself. Troy Robertson was the best player in the CFL. He had maybe eight or nine interceptions last year. He's one of the highest, like he was one of the most coveted players coming into the NFL. And obviously it's right, not. But it's also like they're in the CFL for a reason. Yeah. And he like, he played for the Vikings. He was like on their practice squad or something. And he was pretty good. 
He went to the CFL, so he shows a lot of potential, and he's proven that he could be a pretty good player. The only problem is that we don't know how much of it will translate from the CFL. Right. Then you have Artie Burns, who is a former first-rounder, and um, and he's shown a lot of potential. The first two years, he was a ridiculous cornerback. He was very good, and then he drastically went down, and he started playing very poorly. He didn't even start, and at that point, he has so much potential. He's a very good character. He has a lot of potential, and I think that he's a person that the Bears would want to succeed, but yet he hasn't been able to. And if the Bears can unlock that potential, that's something very good. And obviously, in my opinion, the best choice is Jalen Johnson, the second-round pick out of Utah. He was a shutdown cornerback in college. He has very good skills. The only problem is that he has a shoulder injury. But as you Uh, see – That's the main problem, not that, like, he's a rookie and they're not sure that they can put him in yet. Can that be a problem? Of course, that's a problem. But, I mean, I still think that rookies can still produce as cornerbacks. No, I know what I'm saying, but I think one of the reasons that they might be hesitant to put him in is uh, just because he's a rookie. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to start off starting. Right. But I think the year goes on, he's going to progressively move into that role until he starts in it. And I think that having having the depth, as you see, there are three capable starters behind Jalen Johnson or whoever starts – and they'll probably say, okay, we want to pick Jalen Johnson because we know that if he gets injured again with his shoulder, then we have very capable backups. Because honestly, if he didn't have that shoulder injury, he would probably be the second cornerback taken, second or third last year. He would be a mid-first-round mid, mid pick. Jalen Johnson? Yeah. Well, when was, wasn't he like the third quarterback corner? No, he was the... Yeah, like, he was like he was the fourth. He was, a, he was like sixth or seventh. There were a few before really? him. But, wow. Yeah. I thought I think it was like mid to late first round, maybe like 17, 18 around then. But that shoulder injury is something that is like a it's pretty big deal. And that's why I still am a bit, con- I wouldn't say concerned, but that's a real reason why I drafted him. But yet I think he has so much skill and I think that the bears want to develop him and they'll put him in his cornerback too. Uh, yeah. So wait, so you think your verdict basically is that Jalen Johnson will be eventually the cornerback too? I think that he will be, but not to begin the season. Yeah. Um, I agree with mostly with what you said. Uh, Trey Roberson, he is from the CFL. You know, he has potential or whatever, but he's still from the CFL. And I don't yeah. think he's proven himself enough in the NFL. So unless he's doing something drastic this year or over the offseason, I don't expect him to ever have a consistent uh, or ever – attained that cornerback two role as for Artie Burns also you know he was good in his first two NFL seasons also but unless he steps it up and becomes what he was earlier then then also same thing with uh, Trey Roberson now on to the two people that I anticipate most uh that I expect to have the cornerback two role most Kevin Tolliver and Jalen Johnson so Kevin Tolliver I think definitely will start off the season as the cornerback two since he already replaced Prince Mukamara and he played pretty well I think the uh, Bears would like to start off with Tolliver as a proven guy. But as the season goes on, I expect and I also especially hope that Jalen Johnson will end up getting the start. Um, He is a rookie. So like I was saying, it's hard to put in a rookie at the start unless they're like top 10 or something like that. But he has the most potential of the players that I've looked at right now. I think with Kevin Tolliver, you know what you're going to get out of him which is fine, but if you want this defense to go to the next level, you're going to need a player who can provide more of a spark than Kevin Tolliver will, and that is definitely what I see in Jalen Johnson. He has so much potential, 
uh, way more than Kevin Tolliver will have. Um, Kevin Tolliver is like the most solid of those cornerbacks, which makes sense why he would start. But hopefully, eventually, when the Bears uh, develop confidence in Jalen Johnson and Jalen Johnson gets uh, act, gets accustomed to the NFL, he'll be able to come in and take that cornerback to role. Yeah, I think that it's interesting because there's so many options, and I feel like each one presents a different element to their game. Like, yeah, Artie Burns, Artie Burns has potential. And Jalen Johnson. I mean, all of them have potential. All of them, from what we were saying, have potential. I think. Yeah, but it's like Jay- oddly, like the weird, the one with the weird, the least potential. Like I was saying, is Kevin Tolliver, just because you know what you're going to get out of him. But I don't like. Do you see Kevin Tolliver ever like making a Pro Bowl or like recording a large number of stats? Not really, but yeah, he just like it, solid. Exactly, like you know what you're getting out of Kevin Tolliver. Like Jalen Johnson, I feel like you wouldn't. I wouldn't say you know what you're getting. He has a high ceiling. And Artie Burns also has a lot of potential. And Trey Roberson is a player who's just very interesting. He brings he brings an element of dominance in his own game, which is something that can hopefully be converted. Yeah. Going on to the next question, who do you think is more important for a Bears defense to be successful, Kyle Fuller or Eddie Jackson? Kyle Fuller or Eddie Jackson. That's interesting. You know, do you, are you saying this year or in general? Next year. Who, who I mean, yeah, I mean, this next, like the 2020 season, you know, yes. like I would actually have to go with um, Kyle Fuller just because, um, well, I think that Eddie Jackson has a higher ceiling than Kyle Fuller since, uh, like, I trust to Sean Gibson, the safety, the safety two that they signed more than I do any of the cornerback twos, even though I do love Jalen Johnson, like we were just talking about. So that means that if Eddie Jackson doesn't play too great, I still have faith that the safety position will be salvageable basically, and that they'll still be able to play pretty well. But I think that if um, Kyle Fuller does not play well, that entire cornerbacks, those, all those cornerbacks could collapse because like the difference between Kyle Fuller and um, then the cornerback two, I think debatably might be greater than the difference between Eddie Jackson and the safety two. So that means that if Kyle Fuller does play badly, then that entire cornerback position gets completely depleted, which will have a more of an impact than just if Eddie Jackson does badly. Um, it would still have a bad, like a pretty large scale impact on this Bears defense, like what happened last year. But still, uh, to Sean Gibson, I still have, I have faith in him as a signing. So, so that's yeah. a really interesting way to think about it because. The way I see it is that Eddie Jackson shows a higher ceiling. Therefore, he needs to play better in order for the Bears to succeed. Well, I like think I if said, the Bears, like, to clarify, I think if the Bears, like, the Bears are going to go, like, their highest, reach their maximum, then Eddie Jackson doing well will allow that to happen because I do say, like, Eddie Jackson has a higher ceiling. Yeah. But for the, like, to, for the Bears to reach their highest of highs, Eddie Jackson has to do well. But, um, if the Bears are going to reach their lowest of lows, then I think that would more likely occur when Kyle Fuller does badly rather than Eddie Jackson. So that's that interesting. So it's looking at it in two different ways. Mm-hmm. My opinion, I'm going to go Eddie Jackson. As you saw, like I said, Eddie Jackson, the second that Cayman's got hurt, every single, every, most things on that defense got worse, mm-hmm. including Kyle Fuller. But Eddie Jackson was the major drop-off. And people are not even respecting this. You, wait, you still think that it was because of Akeem Hicks and not just because of his positional switch? Well, no, I, I think it's multiple things. But I think that even if 
if a, if Akeem had played that whole year, Eddie Jackson would still be regarded as a top safety. Obviously, he would have. We would still be talking about his decline, but his decline would be very different. Mm-hmm. And we would still say, "Oh, he got worse," but it's not like we're upset about it. Like California got worse, but I'm not necessarily upset about it. If he plays like he did last year every single time, I'm happy. Right, as long as the rest of the Bears' defense stays intact. Eddie Jackson, I'm not, because I know Eddie Jackson's potential. I know what he can be. I've seen what Kyle Fuller can be, and I don't think the difference between 2018 and 19 is that grave. Well, you look at... It is a pretty big difference. I mean, he was a pro bowler in 2018. um, I mean, 2019. What? He made the Pro Bowl 2019, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, I shouldn't use the Pro Bowl as a stat. But with three interceptions, he made the Pro Bowl? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And also what I find very interesting is that like Eddie Jackson, like I said, he has a higher ceiling. And I think that if the Bears want to win, he has to be able to find that ceiling because if I'm not going to blame Akeem Hicks for that, but I think that that all of it comes together when you look at that Akeem Hicks injury. And I think that them having him healthy and adding Robert Quinn can make this defense ridiculous and if Kyle Fuller plays average and Eddie Jackson plays average, then the Bears defense will be lacking. But if Kyle Fuller plays average while Eddie Jackson plays amazing, the Bears defense could be amazing. If Kyle Fuller plays amazing while Eddie Jackson plays mediocre or average, then I think that the Bears have a bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, moving, we kind of discussed and covered all of the individual positional questions. Um, but now on to more of like a general thing or about the Bears cornerback too. Do you think the Bears should have targeted a star maybe instead of getting Robert Quinn or focused their money more on signing a big name or just a like signing a, a certain bigger cornerback too? Or do you think their approach to this cornerback too was the right approach given the circumstances? So like I would say, if the Bears had cornerbacks that were injury prone, like if Kyle Fuller was an injury prone cornerback, then what they would have done here was right. Because then they could have put any of those three cornerbacks, whoever doesn't start, and put them in for Kyle Fuller if he was injured. But Kyle Fuller, I wouldn't say, is a relatively injury-prone player. He did tear his ACL, but that was a one-time injury. And I think that he – I wouldn't call him a relatively injury-prone player. And I think that the Bears should have went after a really good player rather than signing multiple to compete. Because like I said, the Bears are winning now. And this depth and the, the way that they played for this depth is to find a player who will be best out of a bunch while rather – whether gambling on it and saying, we hope that this player is amazing because this player, the player that they signed the star has probably more potential than any of those four players possess. Mm-hmm. And the, what, what could the bears done with that second round pick and what could they have done? They could have improved their team even more. And I just find it interesting that they went through that approach, especially considering like, if it was like the outside linebacker position and they went for the depth, I would still rather them go for a star, but if they went for the depth, I would say, okay, that makes a bit of sense because it's like you have, you have Roquan, you have a Robert Quinn who's a relatively injury prone player. You have Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan who have both been injured and Khalil Mack. I wouldn't call him an injury prone player, but he has been injured a few times. Mm-hmm. But for the cornerback position, I'm just a bit confused why they went after that position to add depth. So you're just, wait, can you clarify? You're confused why. I'm confused why cornerback was the position that they were trying to get depth because depth can go for two things. Uh, like competition 
and it can be a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a backup for an injury. No, I understand. But do you think that they're really targeting depth? Like, did they, which of those cornerbacks did they sign this year? They got Jalen Johnson, but who else? They signed, they signed, they signed three of them. Well, I, I don't know if they're like from the Bears perspective, I don't know if that's depth really. I think that might, they might've just thought that those players are really good. You know, I think that that might've been like all that they could have done with their circumstances, really. Like what other cornerback two would you think that they could have signed instead that you would have said, Oh, that wasn't a depth move. That was like a win now move. As you like to say. Robert Quinn esque type of player. I know, but I understand the type of player, but like, like logistically, like literally what type of, like what player. I don't know about maybe a player, James Bradbury, who I think the Giants signed players like, there, there are a few players that they could have targeted. Now, I, okay. I, they probably did, but they said there were, we have a few cornerbacks that we like. They all got signed, mm-hmm. and then we have to settle for these cornerbacks. But I'm not necessarily upset. I'm just a bit confused why this was the position that they targeted rather than like outside linebacker. Like, why didn't they sign a, a I mean, Robert? This is the position that they targeted to get depth. So they really didn't yeah. target it. rather than because it's just very hard to sign two stars. And I feel like if they signed, if they got depth at the at those positions for like outside linebacker and middle linebacker, would have made more sense rather than rather than that. But whatever. Yeah, I, I understand really, what you're saying, sort of. But also, I, I like I my thought process is that the Bears probably did all they could work with. I don't like I don't think it was like oh you know there's this great player, but we're just not going to take him because we re- would rather have depth. Like I think if there was a great player that they could have had, they would have taken him. Um, so I understand that the approach is a little strange because like the bears like really do need a great cornerback too. But I think that like looking at the players this off season, I don't think that there were a lot of players that they could have brought in instead of what they ended up doing. And since they actually did draft um, cor- a cornerback and pretty high, it wasn't like they took him in the seventh round. I think that I'm pretty satisfied with the bears approach, even though it is pretty nerve wracking that they do not have a solid cornerback too right now. Yeah, I agree. It is a bit nerve-wracking that they don't have, like, a definitive player. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they can work with what they have uh, with Kevin Tolliver or Jalen Johnson or even, you know, Trey Rovers and Artie Burns. Prove me wrong. Like, come in and be amazing. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, better for the Bears. I'm not complaining if they prove me wrong. Yeah. As, as, as long as the Bears... I guess. Will... Yeah. So, now, finally, where do you think this Bears secondary ranks in the NFL? Because... Again, I've like Bears defenses or this Bears defense, especially you think about like the hard hitting linebackers and defensive linemen, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and now Robert Quinn. That's the main focus. And I think that they do have a pretty great secondary, but I would say it's definitely worse. Like the Bears secondary in comparison to the NFL is worse than their defensive line and linebackers. So where would you put them in comparison to the NFL, the secondary? I think they're a very, very, very good. I think that I would put them top 10. How many teams, I'll, I'll say this, top 10, maybe even top five. How many teams have two Pro Bowl secondary players? Pro Bowl, all pro. Um, I don't know. But... Not many. Off the top of my head, I can't think of many. I was looking at the Pro Bowl list for 20, the 2018-19 season. I don't think any team had two Pro Bowlers. Maybe you could say the, the Vikings had two Pro Bowl safeties, but who are their cornerbacks? They're starting cornerbacks, a rookie. Their second quarterback's a rookie. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a bit concerning. I would rather have the Bears secondary. And you look at other positions, other teams, it's very rare to find two great, great elite cornerbacks and two great elite secondary players. Now you look at their 
their cornerback two and three. Buster Screen, we haven't talked about it all, is their cornerback three. He's yeah, a solid cornerback. He's he's I would say he's average about to right. above Buster Screen. Yeah, I forgot. And their cornerback too, I would say they probably have a below average slew of of talent in that in that position. But I mean, you can't get everything. And their safety to Sean Gibson, I would call him a above average player who could prove to everyone that he could end up being a, a high above average player or even like a below average star. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very interesting to just to just understand that like this Bears team could be elite. And like it just makes me excited and happy. Oh, yeah, very well put, Oren. It makes you – no, I'm kidding. But, um, yeah, I, I would still definitely put this Bears secondary at top 10 in the NFL. It does, it does get overshadowed, like I was saying, by the hard-hitting defensive line and linebackers. But they still do have two great – at least two great, hopefully more with the addition of Jalen Johnson and other players. Deshaun Gibson is also pretty good, um, who's their new signing. They have a lot of great players on that secondary that might get overshadowed. I think they kind of underperformed in 2019, but as did literally the entire rest of their team. So that's to be expected. But hopefully, I think that this um, Bears secondary could make a resurgence, as does their defense, as does hopefully their entire team in 2020, and really prove uh, to the rest of the NFL and to those analysts why this Bears defense was so good in 2018 and in the first place. I still, yeah, so I still think that the secondary is a top 10, if not top five uh, unit. I think that should do it for our episode. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys, and bear down. Bear down. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening, and bear down.